everyone and welcome back to the Artistic Futures podcast. My name is Marie and in this series I will be meeting some extraordinary people who work in music and opera and who are keen to share their passion with the next generation. From performers to conductors, directors to choreographers, you will get an insight into how a range of artists built on their career, turning what they enjoyed doing and were good at into a profession. Again, it will be full of useful tips and advice for those of you who would be tempted to give it a go. So, let's get started. In this episode, I met with textile artist Natalie Needham. She works as part of our costume department at Opfer North. Natalie trained at the University of Huddersfield, where she studied costume with textile. In parallel to her work at Opera North, Natalie is the founder and creative director of Stitch Away the Stigma, a creative art program which supports anyone who loves or cares for someone with an alcohol or drug use disorder or gambling addiction. Hi Natalie, thank you so much for coming down to the education studio this afternoon to speak to me as part of the Artistic Futures podcast. You work at Ophanoth as a textile artist. Yeah. Uh, and I, I was just very curious to to know what that means and, and what your job entails. Yeah, so I work so as part of the costume department and I dye all our, well not all our fabrics, but any fabrics that need dyeing, kind of different colours I will do. I um do a lot of breaking down. The costumes get made brand new by our construction team and I then have to kind of put character into them. So breaking them down, making them look worn and old, or just making something look a bit lived in so it doesn't look brand new like it's off the shelf. Um, and kind of give yeah give the costumes their character. So lots of painting into things and distressing. I do lots of things with sandpaper and um, like dry brushing and that kind of thing. And then any printing, we've got some printing but starting for the next season now as well. So it's quite varied. I do a bit of millinery as well and then any jewellery as well that needs kind of making some stuff gets made from scratch or like just adjustments to jewelry um and i've just we've just got photoshop up there so that we can offer digital print to designers because any digital stuff before went out of house so now we can do that in-house for designers so if they want a specific design on a fabric digitally printed we can i can do that here and then it'll get printed kind of elsewhere oh that's amazing i'm just curious to know how the costume department is structured and what different roles there there is within that department yeah so there's um so there's the office so there's Stephen who's the head of the department and he um then has his two supervisors Mary and G so they will kind of initially meet with the designer and decide what needs making what what their vision is what they kind of want and they will kind of look after the budget and the buying of things and kind of distributing our work to us um, and then there's the wigs department so wigs and makeup so they obviously create the wigs for the costumes um, and any makeup that needs doing and then there's the workroom so they there's, so there's Lindsay and Julia who are the cutters so they will create the patterns they will look at a design basically and then they will draw a flat pattern and they will create the costume from that and they have their teams that kind of 
do their sewing for them. And then there's obviously the touring department as well. So they are backstage dressing and um, maintaining the costumes when they're on tour. So there's quite a few of us. There's yeah, so quite, it's quite a big operation. Yeah, to get yeah there's lots of us there. So, yeah. yeah, it's good. So were you always interested in, in textile, craft costumes? Or, or how did you get into yeah. working in, in a costume department for an opera company? So I did um, costume design with textiles at Huddersfield Uni as my degree. And I actually got a placement here. I see. Did you know anything about opera? And no. Th- <laughs> no, I didn't. And I didn't... So the reason I got the placement was I think someone else had initially got it and they dropped out. And my tutor had recommended me because I was a, I really enjoyed the textile side of it. My course was quite varied. So there was the design, costume design side. There was the construction side, which I wasn't very good at. And <laughs> there was the textiles, which I loved. Um, and because this person had dropped out and because I was the next person that really loved textiles, he recommended me for it. I never would have applied because mm. I just wouldn't have thought I would have got it. I think I was yeah. quite in my own way. Yeah. But yeah, it was, yeah, it's proved to be <laughs> the best thing that happened to me because I then got a job from it. So yeah, that's how it oh, started. That's great. So, so did you, I mean, it must have been quite um, a different world to come into uh, at the time. And, and did you get to see productions? And, and well, how do you feel about opera now? Yeah, oh, it was so exciting. I remember as a student kind of walking into the costume department and just thinking, this is amazing. This is kind of, this is where I want to be. It was really exciting. Mm-hmm. And I worked with, um, so the lady that did my job before, a lady called Chris, she kind of taught me, everything I know now really I feel like I learned so so much more being in the costume world doing the job than what not than what I learned on my degree but it was it was completely different and learning on the job is just you learn so many skills that you would never learn from doing something academically it's and yeah being in that exciting environment and seeing your work on stage was just really exciting yeah. yeah when you started your study at Huddersfield was this a career path that you thought you might get into or is this something that really came to you a bit as a surprise yeah it a was a surprise yeah. okay. I hadn't heard of breaking down didn't mm. know what that was and that is now the main part of my job yeah. I yes. didn't yeah I think I thought it was mainly the construction and um the design I think this side of it is maybe was maybe a bit more hidden I didn't really yeah I didn't realize yeah I suppose when you when you think well when I think being very ignorant when I think of a costume department I think of the cutters and people who sew the costume together yeah. and yeah you don't think about that yeah. aspect of, of the work yeah that's really cool what does a typical week or a typical day look like for you it's so varied yeah every day is different which is why it's so exciting and such a an amazing job to have I'm really lucky in that aspect that yeah it completely depends on the show the designer and yeah what what they want really so I could be dyeing 10 meters of fabric a certain color or I could be making head pieces or I could be 
sanding and grating a jacket to make it look old. Um, yeah, it really depends. Mm. It's really Do you get involved in the discussions with the designers as well? Uh, yeah, it, it depends how much I have to do on a show. Um, but yeah, I, I will, uh, Stephen will get me into a meeting with the designer and they will kind of tell me what they're, what they're thinking in terms of kind of the breaking down and stuff and what their vision is for it. And they will have references and stuff that I can work from. And then it's kind of a work in progress with them. I might do samples for them and then they will okay things or say, no, I want this like this. I want I want it a bit different. Um, yeah, it really depends on how the designer works as well. Some designers are quite... I found quite like organic their vision kind of comes to life as you're creating things for them and other designers know exactly what they want from the start so yeah it just depends who you're working with I imagine doing all this also requires quite a lot of skills and knowledge you, you've spoken a bit about your study at Huddersfield do you feel you got uh, enough skills from from your study to then come into the working world or, or do you feel that's something you really get to know uh, by doing the job I think yeah. I'm, all, I'm still learning still I'm learning. always learning yeah. and because it's so experimental what I do as well mm-hmm. I think yeah always learning and experimenting with new things and just trying things and sometimes you might mistakes might lead to you learning something else as well so I think my course at uni definitely gave me kind of the groundwork and I think it was really important that my course had that kind of sandwich year where you do go out into industry if you want to and make your connections it gave me the groundwork but I definitely think I learned a lot of what I know now from that placement with Chris all those years ago I think she'd been doing the job for so long and had so much knowledge and so many skills that And I just was so excited to be working with her. I kind of soaked it all up. So, yeah, I think that definitely is the thing I learned the most from. Great. Is there a particular show that you've really enjoyed working on? Oh, I really loved The Magic Flute mm. because, for me, there was loads to do on that. Loads of exciting experimental stuff. And I really loved working with Colin, the designer. There, yeah, we did all sorts. There was different dyes that kind of dye techniques that happened on that I had these crazy wings that I had to make for Papagena oh yes is it Papagena or Papagena yeah, Papagena. Papagena. Yeah, yeah. which was on this like um it needed to look like he kind of made it himself of bits he'd found mm. so there was like it, I made kind of um like a, a bodice thing that went over which was made of all bits of leather and old belts and then he had these crazy wings coming out of the back of him that had to look like They'd been made from feathers that he'd kind of found and tied together. And he was also covered in bird poo. So I had to make him look like he was <laughs> how, covered how in bird poo. How did you do poo. that? <laughs> so that was a mixture. I think I used latex and Roscoe paints wow. and kind of just spl- splattered it on. That was a fun That was a time. really fun, fun, yeah, fun thing was. to do. What is my job? Start making bird poo for the day. Um, Brilliant. Yeah, that was, a, that was a really fun show. And also... Um, Lonfon as well that was part oh, yeah. of the little the six the little yeah, grades that yeah, was yeah. it and that because again it was really it was crazy and fun and there was lots of different things to, to be done on that so yeah. yeah I think those two for me other parts of the costume department other shows would be kind of their thing but yeah. because I had so much to do in terms of like the textiles and stuff on those they're the two that have kind of stood out yeah yeah and have you had shows where you found 
your job very challenging or find it really hard to get what the designer wanted you to get to you and uh, yeah there's definitely challenges and I think because sometimes it's hard to know exactly what a designer wants because you're not in their brain you don't know you don't you can't read their mind and I think yeah that's and because they're not here constantly obviously we've got Stephen who we we go to and he will he's really good at knowing exactly because he's been doing it for so long he'll know what a designer wants but yeah sometimes that's my I find that challenging not knowing not being in their brain and not knowing exactly what they're seeing and sometimes I will get it really wrong and sometimes it's exactly what they want so yeah just yeah it is varied and I think shows that because there's only me that does my my job um shows that have a lot of breaking down in them uh, quite kind of physically chat because it's ha- it's hard graft like mm-hmm. sanding a load of costumes is hard it's hard of work course, physically yeah, it keeps yeah. me fit yeah. <laughs> but yeah so I think that's probably another challenge but yeah there aren't many it's fun <laughs> I love it <laughs> Outside your work at Upon North, uh, you are the founder and creative director of Stitch Away the Stigma. Um, and I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about that project. Yeah, so Stitch Away the Stigma is something that I started in May of last year. I started it because my dad is an alcoholic and over lockdown it got out of control I think because we obviously couldn't come to work then we were furloughed and I didn't have a distraction from it and he had deteriorated immensely so I started because I've before Opera North I had a textile business with my friend and we have a lot of scrap fabric (laughs) that's just been sat in boxes and I'd found over lockdown, I'd been really trying to keep my creativity up, but I was struggling. And the only mm. thing that I could do was cross-stitch. It was the only thing that I could concentrate on for long periods of time. It, like, relaxed me. And, yeah, I don't know what it was about it that just I found it really helpful. Mm. So when things had started getting really bad with my dad, I had started just stitching kind of thoughts and feelings into scraps of fabric that I had about him and what was happening 
And I found it really helpful because obviously I'd found the stitching helpful before because it calmed me and it was therapeutic. But it was also getting the thoughts out of my head down onto something that was really good for my mental health because I was, I'd was i started to struggle. Yeah, of course. Um, because I found it so helpful, I did a little call out on social media and more people wanted to do it. So we ended up... So last November, I had a wall hanging that had 50 squares in it of people that had stitched about their loved ones. Um, And then it ended up featuring in a documentary in May this year. And since then, it's just grown. I think because this documentary was so amazing and so open, and I think it was the first time a lot of people had heard people talking about this... Mm -hmm people resonated with it and wanted to be part of it so since then we've sent out over 850 squares all around the world now so some have gone to america australia new zealand um mainly the uk um we haven't had all of those back which i like it's a hard thing for people to do i don't expect them all to come back i think we've now got about 350 squares back and people have also shared their stories with their square and why they've stitched what they have some people haven't but some have and we're going to have another exhibition in november at sunnybank mills and it's going to be a much bigger wall hanging. So with it, we're going to have at least, I think, 350 squares all stitched together and then the stories of everyone on display as well. And we've also got someone creating kind of a piece of music. So people have been reading their stories out, recording them, and then they're going to mix the spoken stories with music um, and sounds so that it can be playing while people are looking around the exhibition so it's kind of a completely immersive experience um so i really hope it raises some more awareness and it because it's so underfunded and there are so many of us out there that are affected it's it's crazy how many of us there are and it's really sad and the stories are heartbreaking but this has kind of created a bit of a community for people as well so it's just it's just been really positive it's it's been hard to do yeah, of course of course but it's such a wonderful thing to do and i mean i think arts in general is is, is an amazing way of helping people i mean yeah yeah why, why do you feel like art and crafting particularly can can help people and and help people exp- well i suppose it's a, it's a way of expressing yeah, yourself yeah it's the expression isn't it, isn't it? and yeah. it's not having to sit and talk to someone about what's going on which sometimes is too difficult mm-hmm. and I think because art is so visual it has the impact that other things don't have and I think working in a or you just see how amazing art is for people and how going to a show is so good for good for people and their mental health and coming away and just feeling amazing so I just think it's all the aspects of it and the the craft side I mean people have been kind of using embroidery for mental health since I think it was I want to say the second world war it might have been the first world war but they used to do it with um soldiers that were injured and it was part of their recovery Mm. so we know we know it helped we know it's helpful. Yeah, uh, it's it's actually incredible what art can do. Yeah, um, and and we see that like in a bit of a lighter way, but we see that yeah. as well with the work we do here in yeah, the education definitely. department to help 
people cope um you know in the pandemic we had from couch to course and that yeah, helped people coping with uh, yeah it's with an escape well. isn't it for people yeah. and it's yeah. a way of people getting things out of their head where things are it's not good in there for some people a lot of the time and it's a way of getting it out and expressing it and letting people know exactly how they feel and I think the arts we need more funding for more arts to yes. be used in therapeutic settings I think it's not tapped into enough and I don't think it's understood enough no and I no. think there's maybe still a bit of snobbery there oh how can art really help someone but I think yeah I think the more we do it and the more we shout about it I think people will realize yeah so so just for people listening who might be interested in coming your exhibition coming yeah. up do you mind telling um, them where to find the information yes so we uh, there's an instagram account which is probably the most active place so it's um the handle is stitch away the stigma and we also have a website so i've been um a not-for-profit has taken on Stitch Away the Stigma since January. Um, so they are called the Recovery Wellness Collective. So they have a website and all the information is on there. But it will be at Sunnybank Mills in Farsley. On the 18th of November, we're having a special launch event um, to kind of raise some money to keep the project going. Um, and we want it to be kind of an evening of connection and people's stories and there will be music and a raffle <laughs> and nice things um, for people. So that's on the 18th in the evening. And then on the Saturday and Sunday, it's open from uh, 10 till 5 on the Saturday and 10 till 4 on the Sunday. So people can just pop in whenever they want and see it then. Brilliant. Uh, the last section is more about like advice for our young people who might be interested in um, doing what you do. Yeah, basically. I think... <laughs> Firstly, have a bit of confidence in yourself because I didn't as a student and that would have stopped me coming here. I mm. never would have applied for this placement because I didn't think I was good enough. So have a bit of confidence. I know that's easier said than done. But I think putting yourself out there is as hard as it is. Just go for it. Yeah. The only person kind of st stopping you is is yourself and I think make connections I think especially in the costume world I think if you've made a good impression on someone they will recommend you again and again and they will recommend you to other people and it's knowing it's knowing people and once you kind of have that network it's much easier for you to kind of get jobs because a lot of costume is free is freelance stuff often okay um But I definitely think, yeah, building connections with placements if you can and just, yeah, been going somewhere and embracing it and soaking in what people tell you because there's a lot of talented people out there that you can learn from and I think that's really important. Mm -hmm. There might be young people who are listening who are really talented at, you know, arts and crafts um, but never thought that might be a, a career for them. Um, and that they may be using these skills um, in the future. Um, so would, would you have something to tell them? I mean, how did you like decide in the first place to go into doing textile? So funnily enough, I wanted to do um, psychology oh, yeah. <laughs> at sixth form. And then I danced as a child. Yeah. So we did shows every year. And there was um, a year when we had to make 
our own ballet dresses and oh my god I can't even imagine what I look like but (laughs) I'd really I'd actually really enjoyed it so when I got to sixth form I decided I wanted to change and do textiles it was very random and I don't know I feel like it was meant to be because it's what I've then ended up doing but I just think go with what you enjoy I I was very lucky that I had my parents didn't kind of push me into a certain direction and they were very just do whatever you enjoy doing and what you feel good at so I was lucky in that aspect but if you can do what you enjoy I think that's such a part of it because also you're so young when you're choosing your university degree it's a big decision to make so if you do what you enjoy you're more likely to work hard at it but I would also say that's not the end. that's not the end you come out of uni I think sometimes thinking well this is it this is me set for the rest of my life but it's not you can go and do whatever you want I think really it just maybe takes some hard work and graft yeah. are you still in touch with people who, who did that course at Redesul with you are, are they are there lots of people still working in in that field or are people doing different things I think there's quite a variety I'm in touch with a few people some people have gone into costume so I know there's people that work at Emmerdale and people that are working on films there's someone that was on my course that she's gone back to Switzerland she's designing for opera she's done amazingly well and some people have gone into kind of um like bridal making mm-hmm. um so it's very varied there's lots of different kind of paths people have taken yeah. which I think this course kind of gave you a big variety of skills so you had lots of options and some people have gone to things that are completely different and they maybe realized that it wasn't for them and I think that's fine that's if you can then find something else that you enjoy yeah, that's yeah. Great. Uh, maybe one last question how do you see your career progressing in the next I don't know oh I don't know yeah I, lo- I mean I love it here I feel so lucky and yeah it's it's an amazing job and this job is hard to come by to work to do it kind of permanently somewhere I'm very lucky it's often freelance and here there and everywhere which that wouldn't be as exciting as that is for me personally that's not the life for me I need kind of structure and routine um but I think so that we've just um started offering the digital print that's I'm still very new to that so kind of learning that skill and perfecting that skill and meaning that we can offer some really exciting things for designers is kind of a really exciting place to go with that with the job um and just yeah learning new skills because it is so varied and there are more people that I could learn from and learn a lot of good things from I think you've been listening to the artistic futures podcast with the wonderful textile artist Natalie Needham next time I'll be meeting violinist Byron Parrish if you have any burning question for future guests or would like to suggest people you would like to meet, please email education at opranorth.co.uk. You can also find us on Twitter, search Opera North Education. See you next time!